Blood of the Summon. Written, produced, and performed by Philip D. Adams. Chapter 28 Blood in the Castle. Roddy poked his head up over the ridge of the cliff. They were about twenty yards away from where the garden wall met the taller wall of the keep to form a short right angle. Below the wall, the ground rose a few feet to create a slender perch from which they would attempt to scale the garden wall. I can see it, just where Father said it would be. Dolan and Barlow peered over the edge on either side of Roddy. You see it, just there. Aye, I think that gives us just enough. We need to move now. The sun's already lower than I'd like. Barlow, you go first and get as close to the corner as you can. I'll follow up behind and get on your shoulders. Then you boost me up. Once I'm up, Dolan, you do the same. Ready? On Roddy's signal, Barlow took off running for the wall. Roddy followed and climbed right up Barlow's back. When he reached the top of the wall, he peeked over to see if anyone was there. It was empty, so Roddy quickly got himself up and stood on the wall, with Dolan right behind. Then, with Roddy holding his waist, Dolan hung over the wall, extended his arms, and pulled Barlow up and over. Each executed his part with precision, and in no time all three were standing atop the garden wall. Before jumping down off the wall, they took a quick survey of the garden. They were hidden behind a colonnade of tall arborvitae trees that lined the wall on all three sides. The two heavy wooden doors that led to the keep were both closed. Just a few yards from the doorway, they saw a grotto, which was no more than eight feet across at its widest, surrounded by blue flagstones. It was situated closer to the wall where they stood and was flanked on the near side by two stone benches, forming a narrow passage between the grotto and the tree-lined wall. Roddy jumped down and unsheathed his sword. Dolan and Barlow followed. Swords at the ready, all three stepped carefully into the garden, around the grotto, and toward the door. When we get inside, you two watch the doors, and I'll go. Suddenly, the doors to the keep swung open. Welcome, my friends. A moment later, Cato Sacros appeared in the doorway, staying just out of the dwindling sunlight, followed by Leofric of Horncliffe and twenty heavily armed housecarls. Roddy, Barlow, and Dolan stopped dead in their tracks. I see you've let yourselves in. Splendid, splendid. The house cars filed swiftly out of the house and encircled the garden. You've come to rescue your Lord Radica. I'm right, I'm wrong. Well, you needn't bother. He's in very good hands. The three men stood back to back and prepared to fight. Kill them! Horncliffe's men attacked from all sides, and the fight commenced with the clang of steel on steel. The first wave of attackers was overmatched and met a quick end, leaving the bodies of four young fighters dead on the ground. This gave Roddy the opportunity to leap over the grotto and hop up onto one of the benches on the other side. Barlow and Dolan followed. There, the angles of attack were greatly reduced, as Horncliffe's men were forced to go around the grotto and attack from the narrow passage on either side. From this more defensible position, the three of them were able to fend off the onslaught and cut into Horncliffe's numbers. 
Eofric saw that his forces were getting bogged down, trying in vain to fight past the choke point between the benches and the wall. His 20 men, already reduced to 16, were getting chewed up and were soon down to 10, and the three intruders showed no sign of letting up. Taking a different tack, Leofric pulled his men back and lined them up across the grotto. On his signal, Leofric's men heaved a volley of spears at the three of them. Roddy and Dolan jumped down off the bench and ducked, and the spears whizzed by harmlessly. Barlow was not so quick. One spear found his throat, and he went down. The three intruders were now down to two, with ten housecarls advancing to deliver the final blow. That was all Sacros needed to see. He smiled confidently and turned toward the stair that led to the dungeon. Rodiger was not sure whether an hour or a day had passed since Sacros left him. In the black silence of the dungeon, time seemed not to exist. His nerves were on edge, anticipating the torture that would commence at any moment. Cold and naked, he began to shiver uncontrollably. His only hope of getting out of there alive had run off sobbing and had not returned. His courage was failing and his mind was in turmoil. Finally, it came. Rodiger heard the iron latch go up and the wooden door open with a squeal of rusty hinges, letting in a flicker of orange light. He began to breathe heavily at the sound of bare feet padding across the floor toward him. Your men are here, Rodiger gasped. Simeon, you said your men were coming, didn't you? And more later. He was trying to sound brave, but his voice quavered. <laughs> yes. Can you kill him? Can you? Tell the truth. <coughs> yes. Yes, Simeon, I could kill him. The sound of clanking iron resounded next to Rodiger's ear, and a moment later, the pressure on his wrists and neck abated. The three are here. They're fighting in the garden now. As Rodiger tried to stand up, his foot slipped on the wet stone and he fell backward. Simeon's hand took him by the elbow and hoisted him to his feet. Then he escorted him into the hall. The light from the torch blinded him momentarily, and shutting his eyes, he put a hand on each wall to steady himself. Here, put this on. Simeon handed Rodiger a black silk robe of Sacros's. He picked up a short broadsword with a curved blade from off the floor and handed it to Rodiger. Take this. As his eyes adjusted, Rodiger saw that Simeon had a long dagger in his belt. Is that for me as well? Simeon looked Rodiger in the eye. No, this is for my chest, in case you fail. Roddy shouted to no avail upon seeing his fallen comrade. Enraged, he jumped to his feet and with a ferocious yell, sprinted around behind Barlow and headed straight for the end of Horncliffe's line with Dolan close behind. Not expecting a charge, Horncliffe's men were caught off guard and forced back into the main hall of the keep. Roddy and Dolan slashed and sliced with astonishing speed and skill, and before long, the ten were down to six. 
the fight had cluttered up the main hall, cutting off Sacros before he had a chance to retreat to the stairs, and he was hemmed in behind the fray. With a burst of rage and superior fighting skills, Roddy and Dolan each felled another of Horncliffe's fighters and pressed the rest farther back into the keep. The four remaining house cars, now on the verge of being wiped out, mounted a last push against Roddy and Dolan. As one occupied Roddy, the other three descended upon Dolan, who was able to slay two of them before getting speared in the side. With a last grunt, Dolan fell. Suddenly, into the melee appeared Rodiger wearing naught but a black robe and wielding a Turkish scimitar. Roddy! Roddy pivoted and saw Rodiger. Father! Sacros could not believe his eyes. How did he get out? Rodiger quickly joined the fight, and soon another of Horncliffe's men was slain, leaving Rodiger with only one overmatched house car with whom he quickly dispensed. Suddenly, only Leofric was left to defend Sacros. With Roddy still occupied a good 20 feet away, Leofric turned his wrath upon Rodica, dodging a slash of the scimitar and returning one of his own right to the back of Rodica's unprotected leg. Rodica fell to one knee and Leofric charged. Rodica dipped and slashed again and Leofric was on the floor with blood gushing from his head. Seeing his father down and bleeding and Sacros standing undefended, Rodica strode over to Sacros with his sword raised. Before Roddy could get within striking distance, however, Sacros had picked up a spear that had been dropped by a slain housecarl and pointed it at Rodiger's chest, driving him back and pinning him against the wall. Take another step and your father dies! Roddy stopped dead, just a few feet from Sacros, his blade raised above him to behead the vampire. Rodiger grabbed the spear shaft with both hands, but Sacros had the leverage and he pressed the point into Rodiger's sternum, drawing a trickle of blood. Do it, Roddy. Kill the beast. Do it now. Yes, Roddy. By all means, kill your dear papa. Take one more step and murder your father, I beg you. Roddy was breathing heavily. The fire in his eyes was fading to doubt and confusion. Father! Do it, son! Kill him! You must! Roddy lowered his sword halfway, still holding it with both hands. I can't. He'll kill you. Roddy! Do as I say. Do it now! Just then, the sun disappeared over the horizon, and a moment later, two dozen vampires poured into the room from every side. Once again, the main hall was filled, and Roddy was surrounded. Sacros raised a hand, and the demonic host halted. You see, my friend, said Sacros, still poised to run Rodica through. All your fighting has been for nothing. You will not kill me. We both know that. Now drop your weapon, and your father may walk out of here unharmed. Don't believe him, Roddy. He's lying. He'll kill us both. Take one more step, and I will kill him. That you can believe. Roddy looked around at the pale, evil faces leering at him, ready to descend upon him with a single word from their master. He could never fight through all of them, especially now, exhausted as he was. He looked upon his father's face and lowered his sword a bit more. I can't do it, father. I can't kill you. <laughs> There's a clever lad. How lucky you are, Lord Rod. Suddenly, Rodiger grabbed the spear shaft with both hands and pulled it hard into his own chest as he thrust his body down onto the spearhead. 
With a grunt and a gush, he used the sharp steel point to pierce his own heart. His body twitched and convulsed, his mouth filled with blood, and Rodiger was dead. No! Roddy raised his sword and lunged at Sacros. Kill him! The vampire throng roared as one and descended upon Roddy. Roddy brought his blade down hard and true, slicing through Sacros' neck and sending his pale, round head flying backward away from its body. Both fell to the floor with a thud as more than twenty vampires piled onto Roddy from all sides and he collapsed to the floor, kicking and slashing. He tried to fight his way out, but it was no use. The weight of the vampires had pinned him to the floor, leaving him unable to move. After a moment, it dawned on Roddy that the vampires were not moving either. They seemed to be naught but dead weight. After several minutes of clawing and crawling, Roddy extricated himself from the pile of bodies. Dead bodies. Brother Thomas was right. Roddy had sent them all back to hell with their master. Every one of them. Roddy looked around and found his father skewered on Sacros's spear. He knelt beside Rodiger and wept long and hard. <laughs> 